Welcome to our second day of week seven of our look through First and Second Kings. We're in Second Kings 19 today. We're turning from the attacks of chapter 18 against Hezekiah, the Assyrians, to the victory in chapter 19. Yesterday, we saw the Assyrians' attack against Hezekiah showed us, reminded us of some of the schemes that Satan uses to try to defeat us. Today, we're going to see in Hezekiah's actions the way to victory. How do you enjoy victory? He teaches us to do three things. Number one, you take the attack seriously. 2 Kings 19.1, when King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth and he went into the temple of the Lord. He took the attack seriously. He didn't pretend like it wasn't there. He didn't live in denial. This is an attack he knew that could destroy his country. And when Satan attacks you, you take it seriously. It can hurt you. Attacks like that have ruined people just like you, just like me. Now look at what Hezekiah did. The simple things he did teach us how to take it seriously. He tore his robes. That was in a way that they had of expressing emotional anguish. And he expresses his emotional turmoil. Hezekiah doesn't echo this statement that's become the downfall of too many people. It's no big deal. Ah, oh, it's no big deal. He realized that this attack, his life was in danger. His country was in danger. And your spiritual life, in fact, your relational life, your family life, your business life, it can be in danger through the attacks of Satan. We need to admit the results that these attacks can have on our lives. We need to take them seriously. Satan is a roaring lion, the New Testament says. You take a lion seriously. A roaring lion that can destroy your witness, that can mutilate your hope, that can steal your confidence. As a Christian, your ultimate victory in heaven may be assured, but these attacks can make you an everyday loser in the daily battles of life. So you take it seriously. Emotionally, you draw in and recognize how serious an attack this is. He tore his robes, and then he put on sackcloth. He humbled himself. Here's a king wearing sackcloth. That is humility. And personal humility always precedes God's victory. You can't get to God's victory through pride. Hezekiah was a great leader, a great leader who could and did delegate many, many responsibilities. But there is one thing you cannot delegate, no matter how great a leader you are. You cannot delegate humility. That is something that has to be in your heart and has to be seen in your life. And in order to take it seriously, you have to have the humility to know, I need God to get through this one. I can't make it on my own. And so he put on sackcloth. And then he went to the temple. He sought out the presence of the Lord. You find a place where you can sense, where you can respond to the presence of God when the attacks come. You get away from the voice of Satan and you listen to the voice of God. You open God's word. It might be a special location, but this can be found in the attitude of your heart and a verse that you've memorized in pulling something out at the moment that you need it, not having to wait until the end of the day. You seek out the presence of the Lord in this moment. You take the attack seriously. That's the first thing you do. Second thing you do, second key to victory is you put things in perspective. Put things in perspective. And to do that, you remember who's making the threats and you remember who's being threatened. That's how you put things in perspective. First, you remember who's making the threats. Um, Starting in verse five. When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, tell your master, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid of what you've heard. These words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Isaiah, the prophet, who you know writes, obviously, an entire book in the Old Testament, is here in the prophet during the reign of Hezekiah. And they go to Isaiah, and he has the right perspective. He says, this is an underling of an earthly king. That's all. 
This person that seems to be threatening, the truth of the matter is they're just a grain of sand in God's sight. Now, Satan is a roaring lion, but when you put things in perspective, he is a roaring lion who is going to be destroyed by the power of God. So you remember who Satan really is. You remember the fall that he had and that he's going to have. And when you remember that, it helps you to put things in perspective. But that's only half of the equation. The other half is you remember who they're threatening. Verses 22 to verse 23. Who is it that you've insulted and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers, you have heaped insults on the Lord. And you have said, with my many chariots, I have ascended the heights of the mountains, the utmost heights of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars, the choices of its pines. I have reached its remotest parts, the finest of its forests. Because of their pride, they are threatening God's glory. And what's happening here, and what you need to do to put things in perspective when the battles come, to have victory in the battles, is you put God and the problems side by side. Back in the days of David, the army of Israel put itself and the problem side by side. They measured themselves by the giant Goliath and they came up short. But along comes David and he puts God and the problem side by side. He measures Goliath by the greatness of God and he realizes God has the victory. How are you measuring the problem you're facing right now? One of the ways you put things in perspective is by remembering that God is always in control. Listen to what happens in verses 32 to 34. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and the sake of David, my servant. God's in control. This threatening enemy had a surprise coming. Hezekiah is going to outlive him. Assyria is going to be shocked to learn that they're nothing more than an instrument of God's judgment. They're even being used by God. God's in control. Put things in perspective. That's one of the keys to victory. Now, you may not see that physically right now with the physical problem you're facing, with the relationship problem you're facing, or the financial problem you're facing. You may not see physically that God is in control, but you can believe it. In eternity, God's going to be in control. And towards eternity, you're going to see more and more of the fact that he is in control. Then there's a third thing you do. First, you take the problem seriously. Second, you put the problem in perspective. And then you pray for victory in the problem. You pray for God's victory. Listen to what Hezekiah did when he received a letter that threatened his country with destruction. It starts in verse 14. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. And then he went up to the temple of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the words that Sennacherib has sent to insult the living God. It is true, O Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by men's hands. Now, O Lord our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms on earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. This prayer of Hezekiah. First, look at how it begins. In verse 14, he took this letter, and I love these words, he spread it out before the Lord. What a beautiful expression of how to pray when you're under attack. You spread out the problem before the Lord. You sit down, 
and you have a talk with God. You just lay it all out. You talk to him about the details. You talk to him about your feelings, your, your fears. You spread out the problem before the Lord. But you don't stop there. That's where Hezekiah started. But then you praise God for his greatness. In verse 15, you see that. You praise God that he's gonna be glorified in verse 19. Everyone's gonna see that you are the Lord. You go from spreading out the problem to praising God for his solution. Now, when it's gonna come, how it's gonna come, I don't know the details of that. You don't know the details of that. But the fact that God will be glorified in the end, you can be confident of that. God answers this kind of prayer. Now, in Hezekiah's case, he answered it very immediately in a very physical way. In verses 35 down to verse 37, that night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and he withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and he stayed there. One day while he was worshiping in the temple of his god Nishroch, his sons, Andramelech and Sharazer, cut him down with the sword. And then they escaped to the land of Ararat. And Esarhaddon, his son, succeeded him as king. So God has the victory in the end. God has the victory in the end. And in your life, God is going to have the victory. I can promise you that, not based on my promise, but based on his promise. I can't tell you when it will come. I know that it will come by the time we get to eternity in heaven. I know that it very well may come. Some of the victory will come while we're headed to heaven in our life on this earth. You're gonna begin to experience his victory now and you're going to experience his complete victory in all of eternity. Now, at what point in your life have you been experiencing defeat lately at the hands of the enemy, Satan? Following temptations rather than resisting? Or allowing your emotions to control your decisions and directions? Frustration? because you're being led around by your fears, allowing sinful thoughts to just dominate your thinking entirely, begin right now to recognize you can live in victory. God wants you to live in victory. Now, sometimes it is three steps forward and two steps back. The process of growth can seem slow at times, but there is a process of growth in your life. There is a process towards victory in your life. So what do you do? You focus your attention on the problem. Begin to take it more seriously. You you put things in perspective. You put God and the problem side by side, and then you pray. You seriously pray. Let's do that right now. Our Father, we pray together for victory. We don't want to live in defeat, defeated by our temptations or defeated by our fears or defeated by negative emotions, our anger, our hatred, our unforgiveness. We want to live in your victory. And so we pray that, first of all, you help us to hear your voice, that you are leading us from victory to victory. You're leading us to places of greater growth. Lord, in those times when it seems like we've taken a step back, help us to realize the truth about us is not expressed in that step. The truth about us is expressed in Jesus Christ, who he is. That's where we're headed. And Lord, give us the hope, give us the faith today to know that you are going to complete in us the work that you began. We trust you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to learn from Hezekiah what to do when the news is not good. 